All right, if you would, turn your Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8 for our thoughts this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8, we're going to begin with verse 10. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he has given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God, and not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full, and hast built goodly houses, and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions, and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of Flint? Who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end? And thou say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time and opportunity to come to your house with your people to worship you. And Father, our heart's desire is we worship you this morning in spirit and in truth. And dear God, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would guide and direct this service. Speak to our hearts that which we need to learn. And Father, we love you. And we thank you for the sacrifice of your Son who died that we might be redeemed and reconciled to you through his atoning death. Lord, again, you know our needs. You know the prayer requests and petitions we have on our hearts. We just pray that your will be done with each of these requests. And if there's one, only one, Lord, that doesn't know you, let this be the day they come to Christ, for we ask it in Jesus' mighty and blessed name. Amen. Please be seated. The book of Deuteronomy. It means second law. Now understand, it's not that there's another law, a law has been added. No, Deuteronomy is a book of remembrance, a book of review. And you know, <laughs> Moses had to go over and over again with the children of Israel so that they would understand God is a jealous God and that, that God expects them to behave this way. And you know, that's why we have the Word of God today. Because we, He knows our frame, He knows who we are, He knows how we are. So we have to go over and over so that we got it right. But understand, when Moses wrote this, 
he was preaching to the children of Israel. They were in the plain of Moab. They were on this side of the Jordan River facing Jericho. And they were fixing, after 40 years, to cross over into Canaan, the promised land. And I tell you what, I'm looking forward to Canaan myself. The promised land. Heaven. Amen. Heaven. But he's going over what they need to know. Now, this week is Thanksgiving. And all of us need to make sure that we thank God for his many blessings. Because it's a time of remembrance. Remember what God has done for us. Sad to say, America has already forgot. That's why we're in the shape we're in as a nation. Because we have forgotten God. Why do you think Brother Bill wrote it, read it in his uh, scripture passage? All nations that forget God shall be turned into hell. Think about that. But as we get ready to celebrate Thanksgiving, and if I was to ask all of you if you're thankful, there's no doubt there wouldn't be anyone here that would not say, no, I'm not thankful. All of us would be thankful for something. But how many of you will agree with me this morning in order to have a heartfelt thanksgiving attitude, then we need to truly adjust our way of thinking. You know, we can say all day long, I'm thankful. But what are you thankful for? Who are you thankful for? Now, I can stand before you and say, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for the Lord's church and my church family. I'm thankful that I'm not in a hospital or in a nursing home. I'm thankful that, you know, uh, my kids aren't in jail. Amen. I'm thankful for that. We laugh, but I want to tell you something. Don't think that a preacher's kid can't end up on the wrong side of the law. In fact, you see that more and more frequent today. So I'm thankful my kids have enough sense. They've been taught. And that's why it's important that you parents and you grandparents, if your kids won't teach them, you teach your grandchildren the ways of the Lord. Keep them out of jail. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. You can do all of that. You can pray. You can plead the blood. And they can still find themselves in trouble because of the choices they make. But that's another message. Okay? But... Our attitude for thanksgiving is something we all need to work on. And that's what I want to speak to you about. It's our attitudes for thanksgiving. I read verses 10 through 17. I left out the first nine verses because for the sake of time, because I know how you Baptists get, if it gets a little after 12, you start fidgeting and you tune me out. Because you're thinking about the roast. Amen. And the potatoes. But notice what it says here. In our heart of thanksgiving. Verses 2, 3, 4. And I'm just going to go over them real quick. And then we'll get into the text verses. 
And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness, to humble thee and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that Make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Y'all heard that before in the New Testament? Amen. Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Now think about that. What? is Moses reminding the children of Israel. Yes, they wandered 40 years and it was because of their disobedience. And God had to kill out that generation. It took 40 years. But he reminded them of God's past blessings. How many here this morning can remember about the blessings of God from the past? All through my life since I have been saved, I remember the Lord's mighty blessings in my life. So he's reminding them. He said, listen, you wandered in the wilderness. But guess what? The Lord God fed you with manna. And God even kept your clothes on your back from not rotting and growing too small. Amen. What about the shoes on your feet? You see, he's reminding the children of Israel God's past blessings. We, as the Lord's New Testament church, should be reminded of his past blessings. There's not no one here that can say, well, God was good back then, but he ain't been good here lately. No, no, no. The reason you're to remember the past blessings is so when you go through those struggles in life, you remember God's faithfulness. Amen. Hey, he came through me then. He's telling the children of Israel, hey, he's brought you to the promised land. You're fixing to cross over. He's not just going to leave you now. And God says he'll never leave us, Brother Cyril, or forsake us. Amen. So, he's blessed our past. Jump down to verse 7. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water and of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey. Think about that. Now the Lord is talking about his blessings in the present. He's reminding them. Y'all need to remember, while y'all were wandering, I promised you a place that would be yours. The promised land, Canaan. And in that land, I'm giving you everything you will ever need. So we, just like Israel, 
can claim that God has also blessed us in the presence. Even this morning, this very day, when we got up, God blessed us with another sunrise. God blessed us with another opportunity to come to the house of God and worship Him. So He's always blessing us in the presence. I was going to say God is going to bless our future, but that'd be pretty presumptuous. You see, God promises to bless us if we follow Him, but too many in our country today have forsaken Him. And if you're going to be blessed by God, you have to follow Him, and you have to obey Him. Too many times we just take it for granted that, oh, well, I'm a child of God. God owes me. I tell you what God owes you. And I tell you what he owes me. He owes me judgment. He owes me hell. But I'll tell you what. Because he loves us. Because of his grace and the sacrifice of his son, guess what? I'm saved. I have security. Amen. Now, back to the future. God has promised us that if we accept his son, he'll save us. We'll be adopted into his family. Our slate will be clean. Our sins will be washed away. And one day, he promises to give us a home in heaven. Now, that's the future I'm looking for. I tell you, I, I'll get in trouble, but I don't see a whole lot of future for America. You say, well, aren't you proud to be an American? I love this country. I've told you many times, I would literally be willing to lay down my life to fight for our country. But I'm here to tell you, our country has turned so far from God, I can't even recognize it today. It's nothing like when I was being brought up. There used to be patriotism. People used to go to school and they were taught civics. Do you know the, the average college student, and I said college student, they don't know what a bill is, they don't know who their senator is. They don't know how the government works. They don't even know what the Constitution is all about. That's a shame. We were taught that. In fact, we used to have to get up. Larry Joe Johnson, he's my history teacher. And every year in his class, you had to stand and repeat the preamble. That was a requirement. Now, at that time, well, I'm still tongue-tied, but I was really tongue-tied then. Uh, uh, I didn't like public speaking. In fact, I would take a lower grade when it come time for book reports because I didn't want to stand up in front of everybody and read my book report. I just say, oh, just give me whatever. 
But it was required. Now, all they care about teaching is sex education, they call it, to our little kids. I'm here to tell you as parents and grandparents, we are to storm every parent-teacher conference there is. We are to be there saying you're not teaching that garbage to my kids. And if you don't like it, we're going to vote you out. Telling our little kids that you be whatever you want to be. If you feel like you're a cat today, you're a kitty cat. How stupid. You say, but Brother John, they're just kids. They don't know no better. They do. Give them a little more credit. And two, you know, I do blame the teachers for teaching that nonsense. But you're going to get mad at what I'm fixing to say. I blame you parents for not standing up and teaching them what the Word of God says. God made them male and female. There is not an in-between. Oh, I'm non-binary. Do you know what that means? I don't either. But isn't that dumb? Oh, I'm non-binary. No, you're either a man or you're a woman. You are either a boy or you're a girl. What is wrong with this country? And then we wonder why we're in the shape we are. We wonder why our churches aren't full. I'll tell you why. Because our churches have got away from preaching the Bible. Our churches have gotten away from teaching the Word of God and preaching the Word of God and living for God. We've become like the world. And the kids today see how we are when we're not assembled together. And they figure, well, if that's what it is, I just soon live the way I want to. Sad commentary. That's another message. Now, let's get to... We've seen the abundance of the Lord, and that's what Moses is reminding the children of Israel. What God has done. And I'm thankful for all He's done. Very thankful. But now, as we get into the text that we read, we're going to look at the awareness of the Lord. He's teaching the children of Israel about the awareness of the Lord. Let's go there. Notice verse 10. And the very first part of that verse. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Notice he's talking about it's our responsibility to praise God for his goodness. And Thanksgiving is a holiday that we celebrate every year. And sad to say for us, we know Thanksgiving is every day. We know we're to praise God every day for what we have. But there's those out there that don't know the Lord as their Savior that only think about Thanksgiving as a holiday to eat turkey and 
watch ball games and have fellowship, spend time with family. And there's nothing wrong with those things, but they don't know the true meaning of Thanksgiving. The pilgrims, when they celebrated the first Thanksgiving, they were truly thankful that God had brought them out of bondage and worship from England and allowed them to land over here. And they set aside that day to thank God and to praise Him. Our attitude should always be that of praising God constantly. Amen? Constantly, not just one day a year. Now, notice what he says. Our duty of praise. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God. You see, Moses is telling the children of Israel, after you have eaten and you're full, remember to thank God for the satisfaction that you have. How many of you are satisfied today? You should be. Let me ask you a question. Are you able to feed your family? Do you have money in the bank? And believe me, I know we all are filled when it comes to eating. Amen? But what about you got clothes in your closet? Then you should be satisfied. If God has given you those things, you should be satisfied. But remember, it's God who gave you those things. He is literally the source. Everything that you and I have is because of Him. And I feel one of the problems we as Americans have today is we have said in our own hearts that, boy, ain't I something. Look at what I've done with my own hands. Can I tell you something? The only reason right now America is not like other third world countries is because of the grace of God. That's the only reason. That's the only reason. You see, we want to take credit for something that only God can do and has done. This morning, He's the source. He's the one we should be praising. All that we have and possess. Notice what he says. Jump down to verse 14. Then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of of bondage. Let me just say, when it comes to praising the Lord, we should thank Him for everything. But I'll go ahead and say it. We should most certainly thank God for our salvation. Listen, you cannot truly have a heart of thanksgiving if you don't 
know Christ as your Savior. The most important thing I possess and you possess as a believer is our salvation. Just like Moses is reminding the children of Israel, hey, do you remember when you were in Egypt? Do you remember how it was the Lord that led you out of bondage? Do you remember that He watched over your families? He fed them. He fought your battles. He's given you everything. Do you not remember? When I think about them, I can't help but think about being just like them. You see, no, I wasn't in bondage in Egypt. But I was in bondage in sin. And he came to me when I needed him the most. He broke those shackles of sin. He washed my sins away. And he lifted my feet out of the miry clay. I became his child. And he promised he would never leave me. Or forsake me. He promised I had eternal life. So again, we should be thankful for our salvation. And that's what he's trying to get the children of Israel to remember. Never forget you're saved. If you've been bought by the blood of Christ, you're his forever. You have security. You talk to people out there, and you ask them if they know for a fact, if they died, they'd go to heaven. The majority of them will tell you, hope so, think so, not sure. Folks, I wouldn't want to go through life wondering. Because it's appointed unto man once to die after this, the judgment. Understand this morning. He is also our security. Moses is telling the children of Israel, listen, you're fixing to go into the promised land and God is going to give you everything that he promised. Let me ask you a question. Did God lie to the children of Israel? No! Do you think he would lie to us? No! In fact, even though he shared with them all of those things, a land filled with milk and honey, land of olive oil, pomegranates, all of those things, when they got there and beheld with their own eyes, they noticed that those things were even greater than what they could have ever imagined. Heaven is going to be greater than what we can ever imagine. You see, in the scriptures, God gives us just a little, little veil of what he's promised us. But praise God, when we get there and we behold it, it's going to be glorious. More than this little old mind can ever imagine. That's right, sister. I like what the Apostle Paul said. I have not seen Ears not heard, neither have entered into the heart 
and thoughts of men, those things that God has prepared for them that love Him. Praise the Lord. Now, we thank the Lord for our satisfaction, our source, our salvation, our security. But then He reminds them with a warning. And that is the danger of pride. Child of God, pride will get you and me in a lot of trouble. First of all, Brother Cyril, you know, y'all all know, hopefully, pride always produces disobedience. Always. Look at verse 11. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God, and not keeping his commandments and his judgments, and his statutes which I command thee this day. Moses is telling the children of Israel, now listen, I've told you what God's got prepared for you. You're fixing to cross over into the promised land. And what God said is true but listen the minute you start disobeying you start thinking that you've done these things with your own hands is the moment that God is going to stop the blessings is that not what has happened to America now don't get me wrong I'm not saying America's we're still blessed more than most, us in Israel. But we have forsaken God. And Moses is telling the children of Israel, whatever you do, don't forget God and who blessed you. And that's where we're at today. So, disobedience is always produced by pride. And jump down to verse 17. And thou say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. Pride will also not only produce disobedience, but it will also produce arrogance. Look at what I've achieved. That's America's problem right there. is we've forgotten God, disobedience, but we're also very arrogant in our way of thinking. Look at what we have accomplished with our own hands. Now listen to me. God gives us wisdom, and He gives us strength and power to accomplish things. But we need to wake up and realize it all begins with the Lord. And it all ends with the Lord. Amen? What have you ever accomplished? Say, well, I've got a practice or I own a business. You know who enabled you to do that? It was the Lord. That's right. It wasn't you. Oh, he gave you wisdom. He gave you 
what you needed to accomplish. But it was God. Everybody wants to take credit. Well, again, arrogance is pride. So, I'm going to ask you, what are you thankful for? As we get ready to celebrate Thanksgiving Thursday, what are you thankful for? Is your attitude right? Is your heart right? You see, we can tell the Lord all day long, oh, we're thankful. But He knows our heart. He knows if we are or not. So what are you thankful for? As I said, I am thankful for a lot of things. But the one thing I am most thankful for is I know Jesus as my Savior. That's what I'm thankful for. And I am going to praise Him for that I know from which all blessings flow from the Lord so if you're here today and you're saved and you just want to come to the altar and thank God for all he's given you in the past and in the present hopefully the future come up to the altar But if you're here today and you don't know the Savior, understand you can't show a grateful heart. You don't even know what I'm talking about. But you can if you'll give your heart to the Lord. He will forgive you, He will save you, and He will give you a heart of gratitude. So, one more time. One more time, I will ask, what are you thankful for?